Hello and welcome to the Back to Eight Boys once again. I'm Jody. I'm Bayo. And I'm Claire. And this week we've got a little bit of a hodgepodge. What are you talking? <laughs> are you talking? It's a smooth running machine. This podcast. No, it's absolutely not. <laughs> I'm backing up Jody on this one. It is a veritable smorgasbord of fat chewing, ranting, raving, but ultimately it's, a, it's athletic. Exactly, yeah. and it's a very, very compact and um, interesting hodgepodge. I tell you that mm. we've got an interview with Bobby Clay, who's been in the news this week. We've got an interview with Perry Shakes Drayton, who's been in the news very recently for things outside of athletics. Um, we're going to talk about the European upcoming European Cross Country Championships. There's a couple of other things in the news that Claire's going to ch- chat with us about, and then we're going to have a, quite a long discussion about our likes and dislikes in athletics. So that could go on till God knows when. Hi, I'm Sally Pearson, and you're listening to the Back Straight Boys. Right. So where are we where are we starting this week, Claire? Over to Claire. Okay. Because <laughs> she can bring some order to proceed. <laughs> <laughs> What have I got? So I've got the weather for Slovakia, for the European cross countries. I went and looked that up, but we'll talk about that later. I think the first thing we've got to talk about is Bobby Clay. Yes. You've just mentioned her, but this has been one of the biggest scoops I think Athletics Weekly has ever had. I mean, it is, it's pervaded discourse within not just athletics, but kind of sport as a whole. Right. Mental health is such a hot topic at the moment, as is sort of emotional, physical well-being. And Bobby has really just opened a Pandora's box, but a box that needed opening. And see, Claire, this is why we love having you here, because this is something that we wouldn't normally discuss. Most journalists are male, and they wouldn't discuss this. And it's great to have your voice here and to be able to, number one, explain exactly what's going on. But this is something that has been going on for years with young female athletes. Um, it was um, Jasmine Saunders who, who Sawyer, sorry, who said earlier in the year she was talking about how periods can affect um, mm. sporting performance. And Bobby's been talking about eating issues with eating and the repercussions from that. So if you could explain a little bit about yeah. what she said this week. So before we bring Bobby onto the pod, pop. <laughs> what is a pod? Before we bring Bobby onto the pod, um, and we had a lovely chat this morning. She's so personable and engaging, and really disarmingly honest. Essentially, she is one of Britain's brightest middle distance yep. prospects, somebody who trained incredibly hard and had a really voracious appetite for performance. She always wanted to do more and to the point that she started disregarding her coach's advice. So she moved from a grass training group to a track training group and she always maintained a very, very low level of body fat, which is something that really does enhance your performance but comes with enormous pitfalls And as your body, as your person reaches puberty, it's essential that you do have that sort of base level of bone density, of hormone levels, and that you're feeding yourself and you're not overtraining. And I think Bobby let those things fall by the wayside because she was constantly improving and training for longer and harder and faster. And the performances were incredible. She's consistently reaching World Junior and Youth Championships. She used to run for the under-23s as an under-20, and everything she was doing was going brilliantly until... It didn't. Until it didn't, and you're right, that's exactly what it was. It just, it suddenly all sort of fell apart. Well, let's hear from her. You had a great discussion with her this morning, and then come back and we can have a shitty little chat. Perfect. Brilliant. Right, we are up and running. How was your swim? It was actually really good. Yeah, I've got a really, I've got a really, really nice swimming group that I'm with at the moment, so it was pretty good. Nice. What kind of thing are you up to? Aqua jogging lengths? What, what um, I do a little bit of aqua jogging, but I've been asked to stay away from it a little bit. Um, so I'm mainly swimming. I swim with. Um, they're actually a triathlon group, but um, it's Triumph Coaching, and they are absolutely amazing. Like they've been so nice to me because swimming on your own is just so demoralising, isn't it? Mm, oh, it totally is. I really feel you. It's 
really nice for a bit isn't it it's quite reflective and you can stretch out and you feel all your muscles relaxing but then once you're about 40 minutes in you just want out yeah it's it's just like oh my gosh and I was getting to the point where I was going to the pool just like looking in the water like I don't want to get in I don't want to get in and then they sort of took me under their wing and they're like come on you can do some sessions with us oh lovely that's so nice makes a yeah. massive difference I guess that's what's perfect with being at Loughborough having athletes everywhere you look you always yeah. got a training group which is ideal we then proceeded to get a little bit distracted so I cropped out some meandering chat but not here to talk to you about sharks today as much as I mean that would be interesting and it is blue planet season uh, but here to talk <laughs> about your fantastic piece in Athletics Weekly which and this is really saying something because I love Athletics Weekly but it's been the most powerful thing I've read in it ever um, really left a mark on me and I know it did on Jodie and Bayo as well so I really want to talk about it today um, it's beautifully written how long did it take you to decide firstly to put pen to paper and then secondly to write it um, well I, I like it was in the summer I, I just tweeted about um, what did I even tweet? I just tweeted about the, something about um, that it won't happen to me attitude needs to change and then my tweet got quite a lot of reaction and then um, I got a message from Hannah, because she's now head of the Athletes Commission, and said to me, did I want to write a piece? It's up to me. She understands that it's quite a private, like, what's going on is quite private, but it was up to me. Did I want to write something? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm more than happy to write something. And I'm kind of like, I'm like this about everything, like my coursework and everything. I can't, like, sit and do a draft and plan stuff and then write a bit and then, like, I'm not like that, so... I'm quite, like, impulsive, so I woke up at two in the morning and just wrote it in 40 minutes and then went back to sleep. No way. And, like, that's just sort of how I write. That's how I do coursework. Probably not the best method, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's so emotive and emotional that I kind of... I'm not surprised it was spontaneously written, but at the same time, it's really well-crafted, as I said. Have I remembered this correctly? Didn't you write an amazing poem when you were junior GB cross-country captain? Oh, yeah, for Europeans, yeah. I wrote um, a captain's speech. That was the same. That was like a 2 a.m., 20-minute <laughs> blast, then put the pen like put the pen down and went back to sleep. Um, but, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, like, so scary to read it out because I've always liked poetry, but, like, it's something that I sort of privately do. I, I never, ever shared anything. So then when I stood at the front and I was reading my own poem, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I remember it being really funny and I think it went down like an absolute, what was a barnstorming piece of writing in the same way that this one is, it's everywhere. I think we're both in, our Twitter communities are very athletic centric, but even so, I think that it's been really far reaching and everyone's having conversations about it, which is exactly what I know you wanted to achieve. How have you found the response? It has been absolutely amazing. Like, it was, the response I got was so much better than I expected. Um, I, there was... Obviously, there was a certain audience I was going for, and that was mainly younger athletes. But the responses I was getting from coaches and parents was unbelievable as well. And that was that was what shocked me more than anything else. Um, and the fact that they were really getting on board with it as well meant a lot because I knew that then the people who needed to sort of it to be emphasised to them, their, their support networks were going to support them as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, I got some really nice messages as well, and it just it was also a reminder of how much I love the athletic community because 
like pe- a lot of people didn't know what was going on with me and when they found out they were just like I, I just felt all warm and fuzzy like, it was amazing oh. I'd never ask you to give names and this is something you're very welcome to not talk about but have you also been approached directly by people sort of in private with their own experiences and their own anecdotes and maybe asking you for help with their own struggles yeah so I've had quite a lot of messages from um mainly females younger athletes just saying that um most of it's all the fact that they know that the way they're going isn't right but the influencers around them are doing the same thing and nothing's happening to them and they're only improving. And that's what I've really tried to emphasise. Your, your, your own athlete will react differently, but just because it looks like they're improving now, it doesn't mean it's not going to catch up with them. So a lot of people ask me about how did I change my diet? What do I think they should do in training? And the whole time I've just tried to emphasise I, like what I do and what you do will be different because we're different people, but there are fundamentally things which I shouldn't have done or I should have done and then just told them what I think would help them but then obviously I can't I can't claim to be some nutritionist I mean I need I I've got so far to go with nutrition with just general health but some of them just wanted some reassurance that that they will be all right and for me I I can I'm I'm more than happy to give reassurance and just I think people just reached out and just said look I I need a bit of support and just the fact that they they actually reached out I felt like that was a step along for them and that meant an incredible amount to me. You put up a very powerful post saying that in the wake of your article you've been able to change the way you think about this as a situation unique to you to a situation to which you can apply the term we and us because you realise that now you're not alone so as much as it's probably been quite difficult to talk about all of this has it also given you a lot of reassurance and a lot of motivation oh completely um i've just the fact that one i'm not alone and pe- other people have contacted me who have said that they've had something similar and they've had the treatment and they've they've had to work through it and they've been mainly older athletes or athletes from like they were competing in like the 1980s and stuff so obviously I wasn't even born but they were like I didn't have this support but I can still I still have done was able to achieve this or my career went in this direction and it's just been yeah it has been amazing and I mean my support network have been incredible and there was a period of time where I just shut myself off and I wouldn't let people in so how are people meant to help when I won't allow them to I wouldn't allow it I wouldn't let people help and then I changed started to change a bit and realized how lucky I was with the support network I have and my coach my physio my doc like they're all absolutely amazing and I was starting to realize I had a team and then obviously when this all came out and I was getting so much support I suddenly realized my team isn't just based in Loughborough or just based at home or anything like that like the entire community just the athletic community were absolutely amazing and it is a we and yeah I compete against a lot of the people who were sending me the messages but at the end of the day we are still teammates and I suddenly realized I am a part of a team it's an individual sport but it's we are a team. So to anyone listening to this who perhaps is a little conflicted about the way that they're training and the way that they're looking after themselves physically mentally emotionally in every part of the sport you would say the first crucial thing is to speak to someone to not cut yourself off 
completely. Like I I completely cut myself off and I ended up in a in a really not a good place at all. Um I ended up going home, like home home for a quite a while because I just couldn't I just couldn't cope up here seeing other people training. But even though I was at home home like I wasn't really there and that really really I my parents really struggled with it because I've always always been someone who yeah my sport has meant everything to me but I'm quite happy go lucky I'm quite I'm really I'm so laid back to the point that they find me irritating <laughs> so like for me to then be constantly either on edge or really quiet or stuff like that they really really struggled with and it's all because I just wouldn't allow myself because I was so angry at myself and just so angry at my situation, I stopped allowing myself to have fun and I didn't feel like I deserved to enjoy anything. And that just wasn't the way forward. And when I started to change things a bit and was a lot more proactive and a lot more I communicated so much better with my coach and a big turning point for me was finding the right doctor. Um, that's when everything started to change a bit more and just because I was happier cross training was going better and just little things like that so 100% cutting myself off was probably the worst thing I ever did and if anyone ever feels alone like even if it's just sending someone a message and saying can we just catch up just have a coffee not even talk about sport if that's if that's something that they can do I would 100% say go for it chat to anyone about anything it doesn't have to be about running or injury or anything like that just just chat rubbish go to a zoo and look at some monkeys I don't know like <laughs> just do something fun and allow yourself to have fun because you still deserve just because you're not running you still deserve to live what must be incredibly frustrating is that one of the reasons that you are you were and you will be such a successful athlete is your work ethic but that's also in this case been a stumbling block for you how have you found the patience required to rehab gradually and safely oh my gosh I'm still learning patience <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um so when I was trying to do stuff on my own I went absolutely mad with cross training like mad stupid so stupid and I ended up getting a stressy off the bike then I ended up being not allowed told no more bike and then I got a stressy when all I was doing was swimming and aqua jogging and then I got another one when I was doing clams in the gym and it was when I got one doing clams in the gym that I realized this isn't me trying to rehab back to running anymore this is me rehabbing to live life because clams in the gym is the equivalent to me lying down in my bed and my shin went and I was just like you need to sort yourself out but this isn't okay and when I realized that of course running is always going to be my priority but unless I can actually walk from A to B there is no chance of me getting on the track so I've I had to learn patience the hard way and I'm still not very patient <laughs> but I'm much 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 better than I was and yeah people have I've allowed people to be involved and things are going much better than they were. I'm really thrilled to hear it and also completely agree you're not going to make your comeback in a full-body cast. So 
you know, baby, baby steps little by little and every day at a time. I'm sure you've got a whole host of mantras that you're just repeating to keep yourself focused, but not overly so. Away from the track, what's keeping you positive? As you mentioned, you are so laid back. And actually, Bobby, you're going to appear twice in this week's podcast because we're one of the things we're talking about today is our favourite athlete Twitter accounts. And yours is right up there for me. Um, oh, your comment about Euro trials and how if you don't finish with a little bit of wee in your pants you've done something wrong totally empathise with that and then all the, the jokes about all the men in your life either have, having hooves or trotters or being four-legged I, just, I think it's brilliant so you're clearly a really naturally sunny person but I'm sure this has tested you like nothing else well, like I said what is it that's kept you chipper when things have seemed really tough really 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 good group of friends um like the girls i'm living with are amazing they're absolutely brilliant um which has always been helpful um because they always i'm i'm kind of i've got the role of being someone who is going to be number one unless it's training i'm going to be late (laughs) never ever late for training absolutely no way i will be early i'll be the one who's sat there twiddling my thumbs because I've got there too early but unless it's training 100% I'm going to be late even though I tell myself an hour earlier so like there I'm expected I sort of I have that role but it is my animals like if I'm slightly irritated and people are going to think I'm mad saying this but if I'm slightly irritated or I've got a bad temper or something like my two so my two boys and my two goats they if I've got a, if I'm in a bad mood they are so arty with me so I've got to, I've got to keep being cheery. So if I want to, if I want them to behave and be fun, I have to be fun. So I don't know. It's probably I, I like to take a weekend at home and stuff because I can cross train at home. And it's not every weekend, but I often ring my mum and be like, "How are the boys doing?" And mum's like. Do you not care about your brother or about me? <laughs> I'm like, well, I do, but I'm going to ask about my priorities first. So it's, it's definitely my animals. They they keep me on my toes. They keep me smiling. And I'm sure that if they could speak, they'd be telling you to keep up the good work and stay on the straight and narrow with the rehab. So it's a two-way process. I like the idea of goats that can detect bad moods. <laughs> yeah, I actually think they can. This is one of a host of issues and it's one individual athlete's battle within a sport that is, you know, riddled with difficulties. Athletics, and we say this all the time on the podcast, it's a really hard sport. It's because it's so numerical, people critique themselves constantly. It's an individual sport as much as you have a team around you. Like when you're on the track, it is, it's you out there. Do you think there are, the sport really needs to take a step back and look at itself and start looking at one another and looking after one another more? Um... I feel like people are more than like athletes are more than happy to help each other. It's that we need to allow ourselves to be helped because we're so determined to we got to hit these times, got to hit these times. We are individuals. We're head to head against literally every single person. That's what people don't seem to realize. It's not as simple as like other sports where you've got a team behind you or say, I don't know, you're playing something like badminton and you're playing a singles match and you're against that one person at that point in time. We're we're thrown in like the National Cross is the Hunger Games. Like <laughs> we're thrown in and we are against everyone. Like sometimes a dog will get involved and run across. We're against, we're against that dog as well. Like we are absolute 
I don't know. I feel like we're animals, and we don't. We never see ourselves as being a part of a team. And I feel like people are more than 99% of the athletic community would help each other if we knew that the others needed help. And it only takes one person to reach out and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. And very few people would use that against them, I think. And there's some amazing people in athletics. There's some amazing characters. We've got an amazing... I truly believe, obviously I'm biased, that it is Mm -hmm. the best sport to be a part of. But we could help each other more. And if it requires that step back and people to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna send her a message. I haven't seen her for a while. I'm gonna send her a message and it's not gonna be a I'm praying like praying in seeing what times you're running because I wanna know because I wanna be able to beat you. It's a genuinely Hey, I haven't seen you for a while, how are you doing? Do you want a coffee? Not Oh, how's your running going? What are your 400 splits at the moment? Like, (laughs) just if we just were a bit more open and chat about other things sometimes, we all love running. We all love athletics. But if you can chat to your rivals about other things, you can truly become friends rather than continually asking or checking power of 10 or something like that. So more talking, more listening, less athletics at times and more goes. Yes. Oh, and 100% more goats. I reckon we should have a couple of mascots. I mean, I would put my boys... I would say that they they are probably going to win if we had some competition of who's going to be the British mascots. I'd say they're probably there. They could maybe go on a little bit of a weight loss, but it's winter weight, I keep telling everyone. (laughs) But yeah, more goats, more chat. Just, yeah, that's the way forward. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Doreen Osini. I think it's really interesting to hear um, athletes talk, especially young female athletes, talk about these issues that no one normally talks about. It is, a, it is an issue that's out there. Um, athletes with eating disorder, athletes who are young and possibly overtraining and putting expectations on themselves that are totally, it's they're, they're putting them on themselves. Because when you're 14, 15, 16, you don't need to be competing with adults. You don't need to be comparing yourself to adults and doing that volume of training and being down of yourself because you can't beat them. You're not supposed to beat them. Um, Bobby, within her age group, was by far the, the best. And you should enjoy that and look to the next year and the year after. But you, what, you can't win the Olympics. Well, you could win the Olympics at 16. Oh, it very fast did, but um, it's not very likely. So, like, you should be thinking about when you're 20 and when you're 24 and being it for the long run. Definitely. Literally the long run. Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> you're not going to, exactly as you said, you're not going to succeed the moment you're a senior just because you won everything when you were younger. And also for, for coaches, yes, it's important to have, um, like, results on the track, but you, and I'm, I'm 99% of coaches do look into this. You've got to look at the whole athlete and how they're doing in their personal life and how their relationships are. It's not just about winning on the track. There's so much more important things if you want them to be successful going forward. I also think it's really great. And I think we're beginning to see a bit of a tradition of this now where people, athletes are coming forward. And a lot of it's to do with social media, yeah. I think, and mm. the fact that people have a direct line to you know us, the fans, rather than just talking about it in private. Coming forward with stuff which would have been kind of had a stigma 
stigma around it before. Yeah. But Bobby's saying here that we had um, with Jack before about like, mental yeah. illness and depression and stuff. Um, and I think it's very... Because once you start talking about it, it allows other people who maybe have the same issue to realise that it's, it's something that can be talked about, it's something you shouldn't hide, and maybe go and seek help or treatment that, that they would need. Um, I think there has been a tradition... You know, going back many, many, many years, decades of um, especially long distance running women, you don't notice men so much in men, I'm sure it does happen with men, but maybe it's not as, as obvious, who are severely underweight. I can think of a couple yeah. now running, doing mm. very well, who you can just see, you know, are have something going on. You know, it, I wouldn't obviously name anybody, but um, if this, someone like um, Bobby coming forward and saying this means that other people you know, get the courage, even, even speak to someone within their own family about it. It doesn't have to be about putting it out on Twitter, you know, but, but speaking to someone and getting some help they need, then it can only be a positive thing. I think she spoke beautifully at the end and very wittily, as is such a trademark, Bobby, when she said that what we really need are three things. We need more talking, more listening, and then perhaps slightly more specific to Bobby, more goats. <laughs> <laughs> more goats! Yeah, more goats! <laughs> and also, just, just um, something to put yourself, Claire... I think when there's more female journalists in the industry that can tell, talk about these kind of stories with a more kind of with some knowledge, because depending on middle-aged men to discuss yeah. the issues oh, that that, um, that affect teenage girls is never going to work properly, and that's probably one another one of the reasons we haven't heard these issues before. So I'm all for it. Let's hear much more people um, talking about issues and getting it out there, so we don't have to feel. Embarrassed to talk about things, and it, hopefully it makes a difference. It also does something which we talked about quite a lot on this um, podcast. Is about it humanises the athletes, yes. Mm. And because especially in this day of you know of social media and people getting to know you and that, um, you've got to take the good with the bad. You know, we all understand it's good for us to understand that people are human. You know, you can watch them on the. Um, track you can watch them on the TV but it's really good if you can actually understand a bit about their, their characters and personalities and their, their flaws as well as their, you know, their, their success Hi, this is Jenny Simpson and back straight back, alright <laughs> Look at us not getting all serious No, won't last <laughs> right, no. I'm just thinking. <laughs> now, What else has been going on in the world of athletics this week? Okay, so Eilish McColgan yet again just smashing life. She won the steel, she won the City Steel Strider a couple of days ago, breaking her own course record. She won the Leeds Abbey Dash, came fourth in the Manchester Road Race, um, and that's all very well and good. But what I really wanted to highlight here is can we all just appreciate how supportive Michael Rimmer is? I think he's got to win some kind of award for being the proudest boyfriend in athletics. I love it. He's everywhere, posting her results, posting her training, saying how proud he is of her. And I just think that's kind of part of, as Bobby said, this wider athletics community where everyone is so lovely. But, no, but Michael Rimmer is a genuinely, yeah. genuinely lovely guy. I've never yeah. met him. Oh, he's lovely. Super, nice. super, super nice. Um, she's got a really good team around her. I mean, when your mum's Liz McColgan, yes. who's now coaching, coaching other people now, she's coaching Gemma Steele. Oh, very interesting because Gemma Steele is one of those athletes who's got so much talent. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what she's doing with it. Like, literally, Mm. even four or five years ago, she should have moved to the marathon. For some reason, she didn't want to. They wouldn't give her funding because she wouldn't commit to the marathon. Still hasn't committed to the marathon. Gone off the boil. There might be a good reason. She might be an injured, mm. I don't know. But it'd be really nice to... And Liz isn't taking any prisoners, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Liz is going to be like, you're doing the marathon, I hope. Because when you've run 67 for the half marathon, yeah. I think she's third all-time Britain. I might have made that up. But mm-hmm. yeah, possibly third all-time Britain. Um, and to not have not taken that step to the marathon is so frustrating. In the nicest possible way, and never really 
understood what Gemma Steele was doing when I don't think she She was did. always great on the cross, wasn't she? She, she's she's been European she did, she she did odd, odd road racing success, Completely but I don't agree. ever remember being in a, in a track team. Never you know? saw don't ever remember she's never done a marathon. Never done a marathon, no. So, if you're going to do athletics, I would have thought the idea is to do the pinnacle of your sport, yeah, which would be race. World Championship Olympics, mm. you know, um, big city marathons or something. And she seems... Well, the assumption I always got was it was almost a confidence thing. Mm. Like but we're making this up. Yeah, we're totally making it up. up. <laughs> we have absolutely no idea. <laughs> but right. just like she didn't believe in herself. And we were watching her on telly going, no, you're amazing. Which like, when you, when you can run a 67 half marathon, that is... Take the plunge. Like, just mm. go. Like, it's, after hearing Ali Dixon the other week, who was yeah. talking about, like, just went straight into the marathon and just gave it a go. I really feel like, I'd really like to see Gemma Steele give it a go. Because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, hopefully we can maybe find out what's going on there and, and get back to you. You know who is not short of confidence? Is Colin McCourt. I don't know if you can follow this. <laughs> Random. Now, this is where, I don't know if you do have Instagram, but I have been... Well, we have it. Well, right, like, okay, we do have a Backstroke Boys Instagram account. I've which, never come across well, I was going to say, you wouldn't, because we're locked out of it and no one knows how to get back into it. I think I posted three things. Um, how many followers? Thousands of followers. Oh, right? thousands. Yeah, it must be thousands, ten dozen um, of followers. <laughs> but I, we posted a few things on there and then somehow got locked out and have never uh, managed to get back in. We'll have to resurrect that. We'll okay. put a pin in that one. But Colin McCourt, obviously former British 1500 metre runner, I think he went to a couple of Commonwealths, maybe a couple of European team champs. Then got really fat, right? Then got super fat. <laughs> and he's friends with loads of current athletes and a couple who've recently retired and he had a bet with them they said Colin you're out of shape you've got this new baby it's only going to get worse Um, we bet you that you can't run a sub 16.5k by the end of the year Um, and they had this bet whereby if he could do it all of them I think there were 17 friends in total would each give him 100 quid and if he couldn't do it, he's quite a heavily tattooed individual already, but he would have to get each of their names <laughs> tattooed upon his body. So it is now, and I can't believe I'm saying this, this year has flown by the 4th of December. Yeah. Last week, Colin McCourt did it. Did he? He did. Not only just did it, but smashed it. 15.37. Wow. And he's been training so hard all year and blogging every day on Instagram. Because I'd, I did hear about that when it first started. Mm. I'd totally forgotten about it, to be honest. But doesn't, I was going to say, it gives me your, us all hope. doesn't give me hope of running sub-60 for <laughs> But like it's so easy to get stuck in a rut of like not being fit, not mm. eating properly, watching box sets or whatever it is you watch yeah. these days. So it's to, just like that, that motivation to get up and do something. Maybe someone needs to bet me something. Too. I have got a picture here yeah. of Colin McCourt yeah. uh, before yeah. and after. No, that's that's yeah, before and after. Or after and before, whichever way you look at it. So, um, oh all gosh. I can say is, well done, because seriously, that was you were not in good shape. You look a bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thrilled for him. That's great. And then also thrilled for Jenny Meadow. She finally got her hands Yay. on that 4x4 Woo-hoo. medal, as we talked about in that medal reallocation pod. As uh, President Sven says, it's never too late to right a wrong. Oh, so, we love Chris Sven, don't we? I thought you'd like that little mention. <laughs> it is funny though, because I remember when I spoke to her and she said that she... Um, um, so, so I did the I did an interview with her and then mm. afterwards I spoke to her and the medal started coming through and asked her if, um, you know, when she was getting that one. And she said sometime soon it was all a bit up in the air. But she'd rather just get her hands on it. She didn't want to do it at the um, World Indoors that was coming up in um, in March. So I thought it would be a great place to do it. Yeah. But she said, no, I just, just give me the medal. Just give me the bloody medal. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it's from 2009. She's waited eight years for it. So, th- yeah, thrilled that's arrived. Welcome to This Week in Running. I am really sorry that I didn't get a video out last week. I was racing. Um, things just got in the way. I was a bit all over the place last weekend because I finally smashed 16 minutes of 5K. I've been in a bet all year with my friends to do that. Um, otherwise, I would have to have 17 of their names tattooed on me. But I managed to get the win in and I got myself £1,700 in the process. So that's awesome. I'm buzzing. There's just been so much going on. We've got a new European marathon record from a yes! relative unknown, which has raised quite a few eyebrows. Well, it had Tim Hutchins wrote something very interesting. Did he? Yeah, he said basically, looking at the European all-time list mm. is a disgrace. Steve Jones stands out like a, like a bright beacon or something. I'm not going to say what he was implying, but... Well, you don't need to. You just said what yeah. he was implying. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at some of the others, I get his point. I don't know about this new guy. Um, I think what it does prove is you don't have to be great on the track to run a fast um, marathon, which is something we were saying the other week. And also, the renaissance in Norwegian athletics. Yeah. Right, because the Ingebrigtsens are killing it. Um, Carsten Volholm is the world champion. We've got the new European champion from Norway. It reminds me. It reminds me of 1994 when um, Norway were winning everything. And then what happened? Uh, I don't know. They stop, all disappeared. Steiner Holm, Germone, yeah, yeah. her with the javelin. Uh, yeah, that, that, it, sometimes just it happens. Sweden mm, in Sweden, the early yeah. in the early noughties. Yeah. It was just it, sometimes thought... the country just gets on a little bit of a roll. It's great. Maybe you want to look out for at Euros then this yeah. weekend, a Norwegian team. I mean, it's, it's going to be a family affair. Are they all there? I'm fairly sure that they've all qualified. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think I saw that on Twitter. I mean, I could well be wrong. Speaking of marathons, Kip Chigay is running in London, which is brilliant. Yeah. So I'm going to go and watch him and get sliced by his cheekbones as he runs <laughs> past. Um, and then my last bit of news, I just, I don't know if you saw this, but I thought this was so, so funny because we're massive athletics nerds. Um, but I understand there are probably people that follow British athletics on Instagram and Twitter who aren't massive of athletics fans but what do you mean is there such a thing there are people who are massive athletics fans I've heard there are a couple can we hunt them down (laughs) I think they're a bit like people who voted to leave like they don't they don't admit it but they're out there because British Athletics did a guess which international athletic star is going to be competing at the Birmingham Grand Prix indoors just before the world indoors is it Birmingham or is it Glasgow Glasgow that was it and they said there's a Scottish star she's going to be competing at the uh, indoors can you guess who it is from this cryptic photo more clues coming later and then it was just a photo of Ailey Doyle <laughs> <laughs> honestly it might as well have been a mug shot with, the, with her holding a board with her name on it it was so obvious and I've seen a couple of the Atletico's tweeting being like really <laughs> I love to think there were people scratching their heads like who is this mystery blonde athlete I was watched I watched Mastermind the other day and yeah. now when I was a kid Mastermind used to be for very intelligent people one of the questions was who's the lead singer of the Rolling Stones I don't know Oh, yeah, but the woman who they asked was like 59 or Claire, something. you do know you the music of the Rolling Stones. It's Mick Jagger. Oh, really? Yeah. We share a birthday. You're Mick Jagger? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to enter you for Mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> and then last week I told you that um, Belgium was in the Commonwealth. <laughs> Fortunately, I cut that bit out of the edit, so I might, I might have to take this bit out as well. No, that bit is staying. <laughs> <laughs> Dory. I love to swim in Dory. When you want to swim, you want to swim.
See, I'm gonna get stuck now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. So another person who's been in the news recently is Perry Shakespeare. Love Perry. One of our all-time oh, favorite athletes. What a smile! Just so much fun. Um, but we thought last time that maybe she's having a little bit too much fun and going on um, Strictly Come Dancing on what's it called? Dancing on Ice. Strictly Come Dancing on Ice with the Stars. Yeah. So we, I remember saying, what, she, what the F is she doing? Because she's just come back from injury. And, and also, we were saying that because it's um, a Commonwealth and European year, it felt like a nice, sort of easy, smooth sort of time to come on, maybe win some medals, or get mm. your place back out there. And it's a real worry, thinking she was going to go and like... Be and it was just on, after we heard about Van Niekerk as well, yes. injuring himself off duty. So I thought, let's have a little chat with Perry, find out what her take on that situation is. And few, I don't think we've got anything to worry about. So listen, first of all, I just want to say congratulations on, on this year. Um, it's been a long time Thank since you. we've seen you on the track. Because um, obviously you got injured in Moscow back in 2013 and you didn't really set foot on the track for two years, did you? So, Correct, yeah. So how did you feel this year went and were you pleased with the results? I was really pleased with um, the results of this year. Um, you know, the highlight obviously was making the World Championships and then managing to get a medal because before that, when I say before that, I'm talking about months before, I was like, like doubting whether I'd even make the trial. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I was really well, way behind where I really wanted to be. Right. And so to end up with a medal, uh, gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and I was actually looking forward to going into training this winter, <laughs> surprisingly. Because, like, you got injured in 13, and then we all like, oh, maybe she'll be back in the summer of 14. And we used to see you about, and you were on crutches, and we're like, oh, shit. And then 15, oh, maybe she'll be back in 15. And uh, did you have to have another surgery? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I had to have another surgery um, to my knee. There was something wrong with um, my knee. There was a plica. So then that set me back again. And then I had to have another surgery back in, in 2016 wow. for my Rex M on the right leg. Oh, so it wasn't all related to the to the original injury. No. no. Wow. So I mean, I think you must have felt the same. There was a point when we thought, well, maybe she's not going to come back at all. So to come back mm-hmm. and to actually make the world championship team in London and to get a medal, it must have been more than you'd expected for this year. Yeah. Oh, way, way more than what I expected. And there were times when I thought, maybe this is, maybe it is the time I'm going to cross to call it a day. Yeah. That was going through my head. Um, my coach was like, we'll just see how we get on. It's going to keep going. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going. Uh, and it was that kind of thing that you turn up the training and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. It was one of them ones, playing every day and like, just seeing how it goes. And so now you're injury free? Yes, I am. So you can literally dedicate full time to training without having to worry about injuries and really kind of make a plan for the next year, not just kind of if I'm fit. Yeah, no, no, no. No issues. Um, It's all about maintenance. Yeah. You know, um, when you're doing for an injury, because, you know, when it's an area that's been, it had problems, both legs, I'm talking, you have to Mm. keep on top of it because areas will get tight. But um, I'm. You know, able to do a winter. I've not been able to do a winter training, um, winter training for like four years. Yeah. So wow. um, when everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, winter," I'm not like, bringing it on. <laughs> it's not. It's not enjoyable. But I'm very grateful that I've actually I've got another opportunity. You know, to give it a go. 
Well, we're very grateful as well. It's so great having you back uh, around, like just to obviously running, but like your personality is definitely missed in the athletics world. So it's great to have you back. <laughs> now, you Thank talk you. about actually going to get a winter's training in this year, but you've been mm-hmm. in the news for something else, not just your track this year, because you're going to have two sports to train for over this winter, because you're going to take yeah. part in dancing on ice. <laughs> yes, indeed. And that's really exciting for me. Again, you know, I'm, I was told that I wouldn't even possibly not come back, you know, to, to, to athletics. And um, now you're hearing that, you know, I'm back, you know, competing. Now I'm actually going to be taking part in a, another school, you know, <laughs> um, you know, ice skating. And everyone was like, originally, I know people were like, oh, my God, you know, you know, you know I, I know that. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, like, I know it's a risk that I'm, I'm taking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, but I hurt myself actually on the track for how many years I was training for that. You know, I hurt myself on the track. And I was like, you know what? These opportunities don't come around often. Yeah. And another thing, I'm, I'm like, I'm 28 years old. I'm not always going to be on the track. It'll, I will be ready to come to the end of my, um, you know, my athletics career. And I have to think about what's the next, what's it, what next is in line? Yeah. You know, I've, you talk about my personality. I don't always get, it doesn't always come across, I, I believe, in athletics. Only no, in, a post-race really interview. Yeah. <laughs> in my post race interview. In my post race people saying to me, Perry, we like we, we look forward to a post race interview more than actual race. <laughs> I mean you know, so hearing that so you know, an opportunity for people to make another side of it. Yeah. Um, and get all glammed up as well. Oh, yeah. That is what I'm looking forward to. See, I think like what you just said, when we first heard my, well, our initial reaction was like, Eek, what's she doing? Yeah. Because we I mean I think I heard about this the same week or the same on the same day we heard about Wade Van Niekirk like um, mm-hmm. doing, his, himself, yeah, yeah. doing something else and I think it's a similar injury to what you had originally isn't it of his cruise ship ligament yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also we remember Jade going on Strictly Come Dancing and injuring herself so mm-hmm. we are a little bit worried let's be honest mm-hmm. are you going to be alright I'm, I'm, I'm not going out there to be doing any craziness you know um, you know I'm, I'm I think that's the fear that I have. Me, like, oh God, be careful, because I haven't even fallen. Right. <laughs> I haven't even fallen. My body won't allow me to fall. It's just because it's that. ice. It's slippery. It's so I know. <laughs> but my car is so. My car doesn't allow me to fall for some reason. So I keep doing my sit ups to hopefully prevent that. Cool. So we don't need to be worried. You're very stable on your feet. We're going to see you jumping yeah. and turning and twisting. No jumping, we'll do some turns though and be lifted up. Okay, cool, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so, obviously, as a sports person, you're very competitive. Um, are you going to win mm. skating on ice? Come on now. The competitive <laughs> spirit is in me, you know. I, I might be, I'm, whether I'm on the track or off the track, that's just within me. I'm down there, out there, you know, to be the best that I can. But I must say, if you look at the, my, the competitors, they're quite good. Oh, really? They're actually quite good. And yeah, they're actually quite good. And I think because I've got the title for athlete, you know, Olympian, people putting pressure on me, expecting mm. a lot from me. I'm expecting a lot from myself, but I need to just say to remind myself, it's a skill that some people have been doing for years. And if you put them on a track, up, I, I know, you know, I'm like the back of my hands, but skating is a huge challenge for me. But I've seen a little video of you skating, and you're all right. Yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright, but I want to be better. Oh, okay, good. I know, yeah, that's what I am. I really want to be better. Because there's been a history of athletes on skating on ice. I know Steve Backley did it, and I think and, Kelly um, Holmes did it. Home. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
Oh, God. Colin Jackson's done it, did he? Oh, he, he, done he did Strictly. Strictly. Yeah, I think he came second. Okay. Strictly. I think athletes do well in Strictly because Denise came second as well. Um, skating mm-hmm. on ice is a different skill set. I don't know. Good <laughs> luck, though. So just going back to, obviously, your um, running, you can, you're doing training for, for ice skating and you can train for running at the same time over the winter. Have you got enough hours in the yeah. day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I start really early with my running, <laughs> with my physics training. Then I have a nap, I have some food, and then I get to the table and take it to the um, ice skating. But another thing I wanted to add to it as well, you know, about um, funding and support, mm-hmm. you know, sponsors, how my financial situation has changed. Yeah. That's why I took it upon myself to start up um, my own um, training company. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's called Train with PSD. And what it is, it's something that offer like group um, exercises. You know, I've done it in the past, but it's been a thing that I don't, I didn't actually um, publicise it as big as it, as I, I didn't ever publicise it yeah. like that. Um, and now it's a thing about, I want to let people know these are services that I offer. You know, also on the website, you'll find out that, you know, I, I do school visits. I do corporate um, talks, you know, inspirational, motivational speeches. It's just a place that, you know, I know people can my age and stuff like that. Um, go to our website and see what I do and what services that offer. So I'm actually really proud of that. I don't have a calendar that I've produced myself. Um, yeah, you little hustler Perry, you know, <laughs> running around the track. <laughs> do you know what you've got to be? And like, because you are your essentially your own boss, you you're your yeah. own company. Um, it's really good for a lot of athletes. Just have track, and they come to the end of their career and they retire or they're thinking of retiring and they don't know anything else. And yeah. they've got nothing to fall back on. And obviously, you've had to think about that because you've had to think about maybe you can't get back to running. Yeah, of course. So, and it's great to be able to take that skill set that you've got and pass it on to other people and make some money doing it. Yeah, and I, and I hope that, you know, and I think um, you get to, who are listening, um, they realise that, you know, it's, it's all good when you're on top, everything's rosy, all nice income's coming in. But it doesn't last forever. Yeah. You know, you do need to have a backup because, like for me, I didn't, I didn't know that I could get injured and, you know, it was going to take the turn and things are going to change. And it could happen. Even if it's going well, still have something to say is yours. Absolutely. You know, because we don't get that kind of guidance. No. And I'm fortunate enough to have um, people around me who is like, you know, tell you, don't think about this and that. You know, I'll put it in place. Don't wait until when it's too late to be thinking. And this is the perfect time then to do this TV show, to raise your profile, to, and then associated things will come off the back of that, and you'll get more people in, into your business and more opportunities to promote your business and get more people to train. And it's a very, very I think it's a very quite a smart move to be fair. So after winning um, Dancing on Ice, um, what are your plans yeah. for the for the rest of the year? The World Indoors, I assume, are out. Yeah, so the World Indoor Games. We thought about the question. Never actually in my plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Commonwealth Games. I've been selected for the 4x4 relay. That's exciting because I've never been to that side of the world. But there's no individual 400 being selected yet? No. Well, I don't um, think anyone had not qualifying. Emily Diamond, yeah. Yeah, she no. thinks she did. I, I, thought she was, I thought it was 51.6. But she. But the p- point is, if you're all there for the relay, there is still the potential to be put in the individual, maybe. Right. That's exactly what we've been told. Yeah. But my main thing is obviously European Championship. Right. To go to, yeah, to go to Berlin and see what I could do there. It would be nice, you know, to upgrade my bronze medal from 2010. Yeah. That would be great when I first kind of made my mark, I believe. Yeah, it was. On your stage. 
So you you did that, um, that was in the four hurdles, obviously. There'll be no hurdling in the future, yeah. is that right? No, no yeah. hurdles. Okay. Um, and if you think about the European 400 metres last year, it's not a very high standard. I mean, Zemuluk is number one in Europe last year with 50.89, and Leah Sprunger with 51.09 is second. So your best offer is 50 uh, 50-50, which you, when yeah. you won the European Team Championships in 2013. So mm-hmm. if you can get back anywhere near that, I mean, you're definitely on for a final and you never know, gold medal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I've looked at the depth of, you know, the European um, scenes, and it's not as, you know, the depth is not as strong as when I was, you know, running in 2010 or yeah. when I ran in 2013. So, you know... I've got my eyes on it, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, just, just you know, stay injury-free, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully, I must say, though, you see the skating, it's actually, um, I feel like it's making me feel stronger, because yeah. I'm actually using muscles that I don't get to use when I'm actually um, running, Absolutely. that they're both working for each other, because I've got the, the base fitness, so when I'm doing skating, I don't get tired, however, it's requiring that intricate muscle so I do feel stronger and um, that's one of the reasons I think heptathletes are so successful at individual events because they're doing that yeah. all over body training so it keeps them fitter it lessens injuries and all the rest of it so we've seen recently a lot of heptathletes like Daphne Shippers like doing amazing things in individual events so maybe this is your little bit of different type of training it's going to really improve yeah, your body yeah my little secret well it's not secret because everyone knows <laughs> what I'm doing but you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> it could be that's weapon. a secret weapon. Yeah. Keep quiet, then. You don't want anyone else knowing about that one. No. <laughs> um, and the other bit of it, so, so Commonwealth is in for the um, relay, and the Europeans for hopefully the individual and the relay as well. Mm-hmm. We'll be at both of those places. We're coming to the Gold Coast. So we'll. Them. We're coming to the Gold Coast, so we'll. Oh, we'll lovely. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I've not been to Gold Coast. I've been to um, okay. Australia. We went to the Commonwealth oh, yeah. Games in Melbourne in. 2006 um mm. so you, you, i love australia it's a great place to go a great time of year to go and if there's athletics on then we're going to be there aren't we mm-hmm. i think that's oh. one of the good things about being athletics fans is we don't get to choose where we go on holiday each year so yeah yeah no it's <laughs> for you and it's yeah. nice when you get a good de- um, destination exactly and we've got home games yeah. so that saves a bit of money and then we've got yeah. uh, <laughs> we've got commonwealth games which we've got press accreditation so we um, can save on the tickets, and then we go to Berlin. That's a cool. That's a cool few trips yeah. this year. So cool. I'm excited about that. Now the other bit of big news that's going on with you recently is you just got engaged. Yay! Yay. Yeah, I was, was going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's exciting for me. Obviously, it's been like two months that I've been engaged. Like, that was all a surprise for me as well. Really? As much as we got some really good captured pictures, mm-hmm. which actually we'll give, we'll give praise to the uh, waiter to the <laughs> um, but no it really was a surprise to me I did not expect that but props to him because Mike just said to me um, I'm always about my hair and I, I want to change up my hair and I wanted to do that braids and he's like just hold back on the braids just keep this hair that you got and just sign it up it's just wear something you've ever worn before and uh, you know it, I love my pictures when I look back I keep smiling every time I see my hair I'm smiling yeah I'm really looking forward to um, so just tell know, us the those who don't know just tell, us, just tell us who the lucky man is oh Mike Edwards a uh, high jumper mm-hmm. um, uh, GD high jumper um, oh god we met we've been together for three years right. and Mike also 
is um, the CEO of the company Aries Limited. Now that just looks like a very posh kind of company. <laughs> <laughs> men's grooming stuff, is it? Yes, men's grooming and also hand, um, hand wash cigars. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's a very dapper guy, isn't he? A very, very <laughs> dapper, yes. <yeah. laughs> So look, he's a high jumper. He's a high jumper, and he's two twenty-five is his best. But we've not heard a lot about him. Is he, did he? Did he go to uni in America or something? Because he seems to yeah. be there a lot. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, he went over to the states around the age of nine. Oh wow! And he, so he grew up in um, Florida, and um, he only came back to the UK to live um, what three years ago. Right. Okay. That's why we've yeah, not heard of him. Yeah, he's originally born in Manchester. Yeah. So he's, I think he's done 225, he was six in the UK last year, or this year. So potentially yeah. he's going to be jumping higher and maybe you'll bring the European team together? That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. That is what, is what I'm hoping for for him, yeah. Um, yeah. And when's the wedding? I think it's 2019. Right, you need a bit, of, you need a bit yeah. of time to, to organise. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a busy schedule. Oh, God, too much going on. Too much going on. Well, listen, Perry, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Um, it's, I think I speak for everyone when I say we're very, very happy to have you back, not just on the track, but obviously your infectious personality. I don't think there's a more popular athlete in the British team with fans. So it's, uh, it's, Awesome to have you back. Good luck um, with everything. Good luck on the ice. Um, and we'll be really looking forward to seeing you um, back on the chat next summer and in top form with a winter's training behind you. Thank you. I like that chat. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Anytime. You're welcome on any time. Congratulations. What a, a marvellous performance and a, a new personal best. Yeah, I'm very happy. Um, the race, what can I say about you? I was in lane seven. <laughs> And um, I didn't know where no one was, so I just went for it. I had to. And then, like I said, anything can happen. And you know, like, I come in here fifth and I got a bronze medal. So I'm happy. <laughs> it's wonderful. Not only that, you're now the third fastest Britain over this distance of all time behind Sally Gunnell and Tasha Danvers. Oh, I've stepped up on the list, have I? <laughs> <laughs> You've moved up one. Oh, I'm happy. And hopefully there's more to come. I'm sure there's much more to come from you. Who doesn't love Perry Shakespeare? She just brings a smile to my face. Well, she brings a smile to her own face, <laughs> so which brings a smile to all of our faces. Um, it's fantastic. Look, if she thinks it's fine, who am I to argue? It does concern us, obviously, a bit, because you hear people, like, people get injured. Mm. I remember Kelly did um, Dancing on Ice years ago and then promptly retired. Jade. She? Oh, Jade on Strictly, yeah. But, you know, she says she's got bills to pay, you know? It's like, and there's more... I oh, know it's... Just, Pains me to say it, but there is more to life than <laughs> athletics. <laughs> so Bobby's got her goats. She's been talking about that, and I've just been saying that mental and emotional well-being is so important. If it's going to make her happy and it's going to distract her, why would like why on earth should she not? And to be honest, we're going to watch Dancing on Ice for the we? first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> first time since well Kelly was on it. Could we go on a trip and watch a live recording? Oh, Perry. I'm going to give you a shout. We want to come and watch you. I'm sure everyone wants to go. Um, no, it was great to speak to her. Great to get her side of the story because we've been a lot of like pontificating from all of us a lot. Um, and also just nice that she's got a plan because she's, she's very young still. But you do need to have a plan when you're an athlete. You've got to have a plan for outside of athletics. She's doing training with PSD. Um, I'm going to go along and do some training with her. Um, she's getting married as well. 
got a new a a a couple in athletics. Um, So yeah, it was really nice to speak to. She's very happy. She's fit for the first time in ages, and I think it's really exciting. And hasn't she just picked up a gong somewhere? Yes, she did. And we were there. Yeah, we were at the British Athletics Writers Association luncheon the other day. Luncheon. Luncheon. What word? It's very, very, very popular. Actually, it was a really good event. Now, not to be knocking in any way, but some years what happens is. They give awards out and the winners aren't really there. They're off training, especially mm. this time of year. They've got to warm them training. They live like in Scotland or something. But this year, we had like a real like load of stars there, didn't we? So Mary Peters was there. I see. Yeah. yeah. Like, I w- you know who that one is? I want to talk to Mary Peters. I've got her email address. She's going to do an interview with us. Brilliant. <laughs> so Mary Peters was there to give us some sprinkles and proper sort of A list gold dust around there around <laughs> the proceedings. Um, Laura Muir won um, Female Athlete of the Year yeah. and she was there. Um, Mo won um, male athlete of the year of course he wasn't there but he did send a video in um, there was others like Donna Fraser was there Perry was there getting an award it was just really good wasn't yeah. it? we had a really good time and best of all Jodie didn't get so drunk that he passed out so, like, <laughs> has that happened in previous years? yeah <laughs> it's a luncheon what I did the other thing I did like and obviously we all got to vote athletics journalisers like ourselves we did get to vote but I was very happy with the choices yeah. so Mo was the um, male athlete of the year and Laura was the female athlete of the year um, second for the men was Nathan Neal, very because he came fourth at the world. Was and CJ? Won the gold. No, he was no, he wasn't. CJ oh, was third. Sorry, Nathan Neal because Nathan Neal came fourth and he got the gold medal um, yeah. in the relay. Um, Dina got the um, silver. Well, got came second in the vote. Um, came fourth once again and got the silver medal. Um, CJ, who was Grand, um, Grand Prix champion, Diamond League champion, and gold medal in the relay, he came third. And Asha who won the European Indoors, Ooh, which yeah. is way back at the beginning of the year, um, and um, she won the silver medal at the World so it, it was relay heavy, but what else could it be this year? Track heavy. Um, but very, very happy with those choices. Um, less so with the IWF Athlete of the Year. Oh, I feel like we've gone up this ad nauseum, don't Yeah, but they, just, they, that, um, they presented it at the weekend, yeah, so... Yeah, I know. Shall I set a stopwatch, you boys, kind of 60 seconds to just go for this? It's just so dull. To be honest, I haven't really got into sound board. Um... I didn't mind their choices with, no, with off, what they had to the, choose. The, yeah, from let's the, just say who who did what first of all. So like, so Barshim won male athlete of the year. Right. So let's just go there. Barshim won male athlete of the year. Barshim had a perfectly fine year, but he had no competition. No, he, he jumped over two forty, I think, twice. But then yeah. everyone else was around thirty-two, weren't they? Yeah. Um, I didn't even notice he had a particularly good year until he was put on the list, yeah. which says something about how good his year was. Also, is it a coincidence where, <laughs> where, where the next world championships is? Well, of course oh, it's not. That's exactly, that. and I hadn't thought of that until he won. And suddenly you're like, of course. The next world championship is in Qatar. He's from Qatar. We love him, by the way. You know, really one of our favourite athletes. Mm. But this was not a particularly stellar year for him. It wasn't, a, and, and the fact that Sam Kendricks wasn't yeah. even nominated is like absolutely ludicrous. And also, I don't know why, because it's not like they wouldn't have put him in. He's not like he's a large woman. Is and it? he achieved exactly <laughs> what Stephanie did, and she was nominated. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The the other thing about Barshim. He speaks very good English, yeah. which mm. I didn't know till recently. He is, he's got a great personality, yes. Yes. and he's from Doha. They're going to have to really push it hard to sell some tickets at Doha, because I don't think it, I wouldn't go if you paid me. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of people who don't really want to go there, and I don't, it's not a big local sport. Well, we'll be coming to that in future episodes, I'm sure, as to um, our thoughts on yeah. up-and-coming championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was not the right choice. Sam Kendricks... Um, I can't remember his name, the long jumper. Uh, Subo Lungunga would have been a great shout. Yeah. Carson Warholm would have been another one, arguably. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah. But the women's, once again, Tian, 
the best of the worst, the worst, the best of the... Of a bad bunch. Yeah. I mean, you earlier in the year said she was her athlete of the year. I, d- I don't mind that choice at all. I mean, she, she's actually that happy, so she doesn't get to compete as much as most people. She did win the indoors, outdoors, and go way, way over 7,000, way over 7,000 points. I don't really know what else she would have wanted her to do. Having said that, she'd only, I don't mind her winning. I think they're better arguments for other people. But I don't have a problem with the woman. What we need is for someone within that heptathlon field to consistently be pushing her. Because I completely agree that numerically, fantastic. She's had an amazing season. But it was such a shame that you just felt inevitable that she was going to win at the Worlds. It never felt in doubt. But my my issue with her winning is not that I don't think she should have won, because I think she's a perfectly worthy winner. My issue is I don't think that's why she won. I think she won because she's the most marketable person on the list. Mm, And I don't think that's the reason... The, um, that she should have been on the list. And my problem with her winning is Anita Vlodicek. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but also, Sandra Perkovic. You know, you know, there's Lassie Skaney. Lassie Skaney, you know, that, that's, that's the argument. I mean, in these athletes, I mean, Sandra Perkovic did lose twice, but she, she threw the furthest for 25 years yeah. and, like, was so dominant um, it, across across the board. Um, Anita Vlodicek sent through the second fastest ever Fair and... Nice. For fucking the furthest ever and unbeaten, Lassie Skaney unbeaten, and yes, it's very difficult to um, judge a heptathlete who competes twice against someone like Lassie Skaney who competed twenty plus times mm. and didn't lose. So for me, th- there's something fundamentally wrong with how the IWF choose these people. It is a marketing tool rather than a, a, based on achievement. There is talk of them in future work doing it from their new. Um, ranking system ranking system but how you rank across events I don't know so I think we're going to be here next year complaining once again oh we'll be doing it for the last 20 Um, just very very thing the one thing I would say about the whole the whole structure and how we actually get to the last three is you've got to take out the public vote you have to take out the public vote because quite frankly the public and that includes us are idiots. Are idiots. Yes. I mean, you know, but when people vote on prejudices and people vote mm. on favourites and they don't take into account um, actual athletics achievement. Yeah, but, which is. But also, you so, have to take yeah. into account who has internet access to vote. Totally, absolutely. I mean, countries that have, everyone's got a phone to vote on is going to get lots higher voters. But also, it only takes. Let's be honest, not many people are voting no. these things. So you only take one country to get, like, for the athletics um, establishment in that country to get behind them, tell everyone to, to vote, and you can really boost up the numbers. I do think, however, that public perception is super important. But then why don't we separate it and we'll have a fan's favourite? Totally. And then you have a board who take lots of facts into consideration and are really neutral and can have a really excellent decision out of that and then yeah let's let the fans vote and then we'll actually get an idea of popularity well, later in the year you're going to get the proper athlete of the year competition um, um, poll winner which is from track and field news track and field news which is the number one athletics magazine in the world sorry athletics weekly um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it is their um, poll that sponsors use to decide on bonuses and it is their poll that if, if you talk to anybody like to go back and talk about who the greatest of all time athletes are, the rankings for every event, you, they go to athletic, they go to track and field news to find um, that out. So that will come out probably in, I guess, their Christmas edition. I don't know. Yeah, I think it usually comes out sort of around like the, the first one of the new year or something. Yeah. Like so that's what you want to look out for, so some proper serious um, people um, voting on who the athletes of the year are. Now, I take those rankings pretty seriously, but I would argue that there is a higher power in the athletics world, um, and you're about to hear it now because it's, I think it's time for us to discuss our favourites. <laughs> 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 the 
World of Athletics. Hi, this is Sandy Morris, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Oh, wait, hang on. Before we do that, track and field news, I think we can't not take this cue. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, so, um, myself and Jodie are actually going to be the track and field news correspondents for the Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast. Oh, exciting. So, we'll be blogging and writing for track and field news. After all these years, we're actually legit... Well, we used to be legit, didn't we? Then we got kind of unlegitimised by the yeah. powers that be. But um, no, Track and Field News um, graciously um, <laughs> asked us to um, 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 report for them from the Commonwealth Games, which is great because, firstly, um, it means that we'll be properly out there, access to all the people to speak to and that. But also, America doesn't quite get the Commonwealth Games. Yes. Understandably, in the same way that we don't understand the Pan Americans. I you know? also don't really get the you don't. Games, so I'm quite looking forward <laughs> to it. Naffy TM's going to be there. Naffy yeah, TM will definitely gonna be there. <laughs> As will Mick Jagger. <laughs> 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 but no, the thing is about the Commonwealth Games, and this is this is because I was speaking to Gary, who's the editor of Track and Field News, and yes, um, America doesn't get it, and why would they? No. But you've got British athletes, Jamaican athletes, Canadian athletes, Australian athletes, Kenyan athletes, South African athletes. So Casta Semenya's going to be there. Um, Shawnee Miller's going to be there. Mm. Um, um, like, who knows? I don't know who's going to be on the Jamaican team. So potentially, there, it's going to be a very, very strong... I mean, let's hope... Maybe Valerie wants to do it. Ooh. She just... I, mean, I don't oh. care if she's trained or not. She could probably still win. Oh, well, come on, by about, <laughs> by about four metres. Sally Pearson's going to be there. So, like, it is a, a legitimately very strong event in a lot... A strong competition in a lot of events. And hopefully with track and field news accreditation, we'll be able to go and interview all these big names. Yeah. So what we're going to do basically is we're going to turn the whole of America onto the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> Just little old me and Jodie. <laughs> if anyone can, it's the pair of you. <laughs> Stop. So this is Jodie. I'm interrupting the podcast. We've recorded over two hours of chat this week, so we're going to spread out the Athletics Love and split this pod into two um, to save you listening till the end of time. Um, we're going to do two separate episodes this week, and to avoid missing the second half, don't forget to subscribe to the pod, rate and review us while you're at it, and you could be a prize winner. Mm-hmm.